Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Three months ago, Michigan legalized recreational marijuana for people 21 and over. But that act doesn't mean it all happens in one fell swoop. Michigan is not only grappling with the new recreational marijuana regime, but also still grappling with changes to our medical marijuana system. So what has been happening since November and what should we expect in the coming months? Joining me now to talk more about that is Barton Morris. He is a principal attorney with Cannabis Legal Group in Royal Oak. Barton, welcome back to Detroit Today. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, it's still very early, but how is this legalization of recreational marijuana working out so far? Well, uh, you know, for consumers, uh, it's, it's working out very well. It gives people the opportunity to grow cannabis in their homes uh, and be in possession, possession of uh, small amount, personal amounts of marijuana, which means that they are no longer subject to being arrested, having their homes searched and seized, their property taken. I think in that respect, it's going exceedingly well. The criminal penalties that existed before, they're, they're gone, and uh, I'm grateful for that. So, so uh, refresh my memory, we voted in November to legalize recreational marijuana, and the, the, the law took effect when? December 15th, about a month later. Okay, and, and so since then, you were able to, to smoke uh, and, and possess marijuana if you're over the age of 21, correct? Right. Uh, adults uh, have the ability to possess, uh, consume, uh, and cultivate marijuana. Grow, uh, yeah. Right. You know, because that's... Uh, that's something that people, a lot of people were interested in, being able to grow up to 12 plants in their home. And they're allowed to be in possession of everything that those plants harvest in their home as well, yeah. which is, uh, it could be a lot. Right, right. Uh, so, and they're allowed to give it to other people, right? Uh, like, right, they, right. And that's, and that's but kind I still of the can't, hallmark. I still can't go to a store yet and look over a selection of, uh, of different uh, products and buy it and take it with me. You can't. Adults can't. Medical marijuana patients can, of course. Uh, right. But adults uh, under our new law cannot yet. It is going to take some time and probably not as much time as people think because the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs has already uh, become pretty good at, at set, setting up the commercial system for medical. It's going to be close to identical for recreational. Yeah. Um, so how do you think law enforcement and prosecutors have been handling this transition? Uh, there was some... Uh, I guess, uh, prediction that they might try to push back against this in some way if, if, if it passed because uh, they don't think it should be legal. Are, are we seeing them respect these new boundaries? We are. I think, first of all, secretly or even overtly, police are pleased that they don't have to spend their time and their resources on enforcing a law that's not really doing much public good. Uh, they don't have to arrest people now for possession of marijuana, take them to jail, put them through the court system. That 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 was not doing anybody any good. They can now take their time and and their resources on doing things that are truly protecting the public. So I think I'm I'm certain there's many police officers and even administrators, police administrators, that are pleased with the fact that they no longer have the burden of of having to to deal with that. Hmm. Uh, the question now uh, is. 
is really like they're still trying to figure out the laws themselves. Like, what are the penalties for using marijuana, uh, you know, in public, or what can somebody do if they're using cannabis and it's in, and it's bothering their neighbors? Uh, so there, there are some questions as 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 it relates to the new law and how it's interpreted. And then uh, this was always my hesitation about the the move to legalize recreational marijuana was this idea of how you how you match that up with uh, prohibitions against operating heavy machinery for instance or driving a car we don't have easy tests the way we do for alcohol for instance uh, to be able to prevent people from doing that uh, and and i suppose at some point, there will have to be some sort of regime invented to, to, to be able to do that and enforce that law as well. Driving under the influence of marijuana has always been it's always unlawful, been illegal, right? and it's still unlawful today just as much. Uh, and what has been done and what has been occurring is law enforcement has been providing more uh, training uh, and, and, and knowledge with respect to, to driving under the influence of marijuana. They understand what to look for when somebody's under the influence. And even though there's not a breath test as, as, uh, that is typical and that is normal for alcohol, there are other tests that, can be, that are designed specifically for marijuana, balance and coordination tests, cognitive uh, tests. So the tests that they're given out in the field, field sobriety tests specific to marijuana, those exist. There's some other. There's another program that just ended recently with respect to a saliva test that tries to identify whether somebody's intoxicated uh, from the use of marijuana. That report is about to come out within the next 30 days, and we will see in the five test counties in which that it was administered over the past uh, year and a half whether that uh, instrument can be effective and will be effective, and that will be more widespread as far as a tool that the law enforcement can use. But uh, up till now, police are totally have and have been. Uh, used to encountering people driving under the influence of marijuana, and 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 that may or may not increase, uh, or it may decrease. We don't know yet, but it's not it's not something new. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is Barton Morris. He's the principal attorney with Cannabis Legal Group in Royal Oak. We're talking about the new state of the law as regards marijuana here in the state of Michigan. Uh, voters in November of last year went to the polls and legalized recreational marijuana for people over the age of 21. Uh, that vote, of course, though, does not settle all of the questions around uh, legalized uh, pot. There's a lot of work to do to make sure that uh, that everything conforms with that law. We're talking about what has happened so far and what we might expect in the coming months. Barton, I want to talk about uh, what some cities have done already and saying that they are not going to allow provisioning centers uh, in their jurisdictions. Now, we saw this with the medical marijuana clinics as well, uh, people saying they didn't want them in certain places. They all ended up uh, clustered in places like Detroit, uh, which is why we had so many like along 8 Mile, for instance. Uh, do you worry about that kind of response? Is it discouraging to see cities take that attitude uh, about this? I'm not discouraged at all. First of all, the Michigan Regulation and Taxation of Marijuana Act was written uh, to allow and give municipalities the full discretion in order to uh, have 
any number that they choose of marijuana dispensaries, provisioning centers, and or even cultivation facilities. And many cities, in reading the act and and instru- on instruction from their city attorneys, they read it to believe that it was necessary to take some immediate action uh, to to ban them, right? Until they've had the opportunity to decide otherwise. So that's what many of many of them done. And it means it doesn't mean that they can't change their mind. In fact, I think many of them will change their mind. Many of them won't. They're going to take their time and they're going to look at the issues. Perhaps look at what other cities have done, how successful has it been in those municipalities, and then also uh, understand what they want or what the residents want because many residents have strong feelings about this one way or the other. And so uh, these municipal officials, they're going to take their time, and I'm quite certain that many of them are going to say, you know what, this is something that's going to be good for our city because I think ultimately they lead to a decrease in the black market. And because of the existence of that black market because we can, we can, that that's really what's dangerous. And that's what's in public in the public interest is to get rid of the black market. Uh, marijuana dispensaries that are regulated, they're selling cannabis that's tested, that's safe, um, that, that is completely tracked within a state regulated system. That is exactly what it's designed to do is eliminate the black market. Yeah. Uh, Royal Oak is one of the cities that has, uh, has dealt with this already. Uh, that's, that's where your your group, um, your legal group is. Uh, it, voters have a chance to sort of overrule local governments when they do this. Is that right? They do. Just like the Regulation Taxation of Marijuana Act was initiated by voters, uh, the same thing can happen within municipalities. And so uh, if a number of signatures are collected, I believe that is equal to a percentage of the, gubernator- the last gubernatorial election, it can get on the ballot, and then uh, and then the voters themselves can make that determination. So that is something that was specifically written into uh, our new law uh, in order to ensure that that municipal officials don't eliminate it and not not do what the what their constituents want. Yeah, um, I, I want to shift gears and talk a little about medical marijuana, which has been uh, legal in in Michigan for some time now. And from my perspective, at least, I feel like we've kind of made a hash of, of, of that, not to, not to sort of indulge a bad pun there. Uh, th- there was a lot of fits and starts with uh, uh, licensing of, um, of uh, dispensaries, of, you know, uh, putting them in, in, in different places. I, I feel like we never quite got that right. Uh, is that an accurate assessment of where we are still with medical marijuana? It's been slow. Uh, I think that what we're seeing is a representation of the fact that we've had medical marijuana since 2008. And at that time, there were no commercial facilities or there was no law that regulated them. It didn't take, it it took until 2016 in order for that to happen. And during that period of time, there was a significant proliferation of gray market uh, provisioning centers and that caused the implementation of the, the the MMFLA Facilities Licensing Act to be properly implemented. Right now, if you see another state or another city that, that legalizes marijuana, medical or recreational, it's always uh, accompanied by a commercial uh, system. Uh, we didn't have that. And so, yes, uh, it is coming out in a manner that is not as uh, smooth as would be ideal. That being said, 
uh, I think it's just going to take a little time. Uh, you know, nothing happens <laughs> overnight. Just like people want, you know, marijuana, adult use marijuana dispensaries now everywhere. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take several years in order for the market to mature in Michigan, for cities to come on board, uh, and then for us to really understand what the entire marketplace will look like in the state of Michigan. Uh, so, and that's the same thing for, for medical. So we're, we're just getting started. Yeah. Uh, of course, other states have gone through this process uh, of, of legalizing both medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. Uh, there, there are some people who say there are awful examples uh, in, in some places, better examples in others. Are, are there states where you feel like they're getting this right across the board that Michigan ought to be, I don't know, looking at and trying to pattern uh, the infrastructure that supports the law, I guess, uh, after. I believe we are. I think that the most common examples are Colorado, uh, Oregon, and Washington. And Washington, sure. So those are the three longest-standing uh, commercial systems, uh, Colorado being uh, the oldest and, I'd say, the most successful. And we know that the Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs has modeled many of their uh, regulations after Colorado. Colorado has been successful. It is it is accomplished what it's intended to accomplish. It hasn't uh, eliminated all of the problems. Uh, they're still going through their uh, growth stage, uh, and there there's other issues that need to be addressed, like social use places, places where people can go. Uh, when, right now, you go to Colorado uh, because you don't. If, if if you're traveling to Colorado and you don't have a residence, you really if you, and you went to go purchase you know, some cannabis, you don't have anywhere to smoke it. You don't have anywhere to use it. Uh, that's that's these are these are things just like alcohol bars, places where go people use people use alcohol. The same thing has to happen uh, for cannabis, and I believe that that is something that's going to be implemented quicker than in, in other states here in Michigan because our new law, the Regulation and Taxation of Marijuana Act, permits the department to create licenses for social use. So that's one of the issues that needs to happen. Uh, and I think that, uh, but looking at Colorado and, and, and Washington and Oregon, especially with regard to their testing um, regimes and their and the regulations because like testing like safety testing for pesticides residual solvents and uh, and microbiological contaminants that that's something that they have gone through uh, with varying degrees of success and so we can see the successes and failures with that and try to make our system better yeah uh, one of the things that I've read about uh, the implementation in Colorado for instance talks about, the dangers of uh, of use with regard to to different kinds of of products, right? So, uh, if I want to smoke a joint, that's one thing. If I want to eat a brownie that has marijuana in it, it's it's maybe something quite different. And that uh, consumers there often didn't know those differences. So you have people. Uh, taking uh, more of it than, uh, than than maybe they should, maybe getting getting sick. How do you, how do you prevent that kind of thing from happening? What did Colorado maybe not get right in in those instances? Probably uh, the education of the consumer, because it's true. If a naive consumer were to consume uh, an edible, it's going to affect them differently as if they were to smoke it. It takes longer for it to be metabolized and react with our with our uh, with the human body, and so with proper labeling 
uh, wherein the the labels must state clearly that you can take a certain or a small amount, wait uh, a, a period of time in order to determine whether it has reacted with you, and then decide from that point to take more as opposed to taking something, waiting five, 10 minutes, and then taking more. So the, if the consumer realizes, the naive consumer, because I think the habitual uh, chronic consumer, they've already, they've already got it down. What's interesting is that you know, some naive consumers can take as, mil- as little as five uh, milligrams of THC and, and, and have a sig- significant pharmacological response. When there's others that have been taking it for much longer, they need 100 milligrams. To, to be able to have the same effect, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. So that just illustrates the fact that there is a significant tolerance that is built up with the use of cannabis. Uh, that's regardless of the route of ingestion. Mm-hmm. And naive users definitely need to be educated. So, in fact, I think that at these dispensaries and, and provisioning centers, when those that are distributing these products, they should be talking to their uh, patients or their customers to make a determination as to whether they need additional instruction or whether just to provide it to everybody. Just make sure people know because it can and it will lead to hospitalization. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, thankfully, nobody can die from it, but that doesn't matter. I mean, still, if it's making people sick, that's not good. That's not not a good experience and that's not something that the, the, the industry needs. Okay. Barton Morris, Principal Attorney with the Cannabis Legal Group in Royal Oak. Really great to have you here on Detroit Today. Cool. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Up next, for the first time ever, there's a medical marijuana dispensary in one of the most anti-pot areas of Michigan, Oakland County. We're going to speak with one of the owners of the greenhouse in Wald Lake. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss out on the show, you don't have to miss out entirely on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. For years, law enforcement in Oakland County has been cracking down and hard on people who buy, sell, and use marijuana. Sheriff Mike Bouchard has made a really big name for himself as maybe the most anti marijuana sheriff in Michigan. And that has kept all marijuana business out of the county until now. The greenhouse is the first shop to get a new state license to operate as a medical marijuana provisioning center. Joining us now is Jerry Millen, the co-owner of The Greenhouse in Wald Lake. Jerry, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So why even bother opening a provisioning center in Oakland County, uh, (laughs) given that the sheriff there is Mike Bouchard, and he's made it real clear he's not a fan of people who use plot. Sheriff Bouchard (laughs) is not a fan, and I, I would love to sit down with Sheriff Bouchard and have a coffee and uh, talk to him about his concerns. <laughs> so I, I offer Sheriff Bouchard any time to please call me. It's easy to reach me through social media, stop by the store. I would love to sit down with him and talk to him about his concerns because I would honestly, we might have the same concerns in some aspects, which I'm sure we do, children's access and those kind of things. But, you know, Stephen, I took this journey about eight years ago um, looking for another industry because I travel internationally for work and I want to spend time at home with my young children. So I'm like looking for a new industry. And cannabis, I have friends in Colorado and California that are into it, and they're doing very well. And I'm like, let me look into this. 
And at first it was just a business move, and then I see it does help people. Over the past years, I've met a lot of pediatric patients, a lot of the elderly people, and this does help a lot of people. So I got a license in Wild Lake under a prior ordinance about three or four years ago. I chose not to open, even though I was granted a license, because I knew that the sheriff's department would probably come raid me. Don't want guns stuck in my kids' faces. I don't want my dog shot. Um, so it was a very serious concern. And I gave up a lot of money to keep my family safe and to do this the right way. There were a couple of dispensaries in Wild Lake open. Um, they had been raided three or four times, so I knew they would come for me. So I didn't open. But I wanted to show that I'm a, a good citizen, take this license, and I'm going to wait. So I waited two years. Uh, we finally got the laws passed. Um, the ordinance ended in Wild Lake, so I lost my license, technically. And then uh, the new rules came through. I went through a very rigorous uh, vetting process by Lara, who's doing a great job, I think. They're keeping the, you know, the undesirables out of the industry. So uh, we got the first license in Oakland County, and that's why I'd love to sit down with Sheriff Bouchard sometime. So, so uh, two questions. One, yeah. uh, the cost to <laughs> do this. Talk about it's. This is not easy. You can't just like go somewhere, fill out a form, and and get the license. Uh, it costs a fair amount of money, and it takes some time. Yeah, the costs are huge. I mean, for eight years, this has been pretty much voluntary. I've worked almost full time, part time, if that makes any sense, on getting the rules passed and setting up this business. And I knew what it would take financially to do it. So it is quite, you know, the license alone is $66,000 yearly from the state. Yearly. Uh, cities can charge up to $5,000. So right there. And the biggest thing is their IRS tax code 280E. We can't write off any business expense. So our profit mark, people think that, oh, you own a, a provisionary center or dispensary, you're in marijuana, you're a gazillionaire. Not the truth. It's not the truth. With these tax laws, it's very difficult to make money right now. Right, because every dollar you get is considered Profit, it's not deductible Correct. in any way. All, all you can deduct is cost of goods. No insurance, no employees. Anything we spend besides the cost of the marijuana itself cannot be deducted. And that's so, because marijuana is still illegal at the federal level. Federal level. But they'll take our tax money, but we're considered drug traffickers. <laughs> right, I don't right. understand how that works, but yeah. yeah. And, and my second question is about, uh, you mentioned raids and your fear of raids and right. raids that have taken place. Right. Well, right now they're not raiding anymore. They've kind of taken a hands-off approach, which, you know, I... I before, there were no state licenses, so there was a huge gray area, and it was up to interpretation. So Oakland County interpreted they were illegal businesses, so they shut them down, and that's their right to do that. Um, I waited for that state license. So the, the sheriff's office has not bothered us. I don't see any problems with them because we're licensed by the state now. We're doing everything by the book, so we're, we're not giving them any reason to rate us, and I would like to work hand-in-hand hand with the Oakland County Sheriff's Department. That's why I'll say it again. Sheriff Bouchard, I'd love to sit down with him because we have the same concerns, I guarantee you, but people need safe access to this product and being that the greenhouse of Walled Lake is the only facility in Oakland County and I think will be for the foreseeable future, you know, patients need that access. They can't drive an hour to Detroit or an hour to Ann Arbor. So, so tell me about your neighbors. Uh, you, you open a medical marijuana uh, provisioning center. Did, did other people in Walled Lake say, hold on a second, we don't want that kind of thing here? You know, there's always the anti- you know, marijuana group that wants to spread reefer madness. But I think over the past six to eight years, people have come to realize that this is not reefer madness anymore. But you're always going to have those naysayers. And, uh, you know, I welcome them. I, I meet with them sometimes to see what their concerns are. But the reception in Wild Lake from the city to the community has been great. We're bringing more people downtown. You know, downtown uh, Wild Lake um, business-wise has hurt over the past several years. So we're bringing a brand-new consumer to that area and when we were open uh, last week when we first opened we were packed it was an hour wait 
you know, because we're not, you know, people come in and some people think it's wreck and they just want to come in and buy marijuana to use <laughs> recreationally. It's not wreck yet. We can't sell it wreck yet. But uh, medical patients, we're not pushing them through. So the wait's a little longer because we, we answer their questions. That's so important to, you know, let to listen to what the, the patient has to say and then try to help them with their ailments because that's important to me. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. My guest is Jerry Millen. He's the co-owner of the Greenhouse in Wald Lake, the first medical marijuana provisioning center licensed by the state in all of Oakland County. That is because for a very long time, Oakland County has been really cracking down on people who buy, sell, and use marijuana. Um, so I want to ask about the the transition now yeah. that we've gone to the polls and decided that recreational use is going to be legal here in, in Michigan. What does that mean for somebody like you who already has a license uh, for a provisioning center? It means that when, when recreational, the rules are written, and I spoke to Lara, and I'm, I'm hoping by the end and, of summer. And remind so listeners what Lara is. Lara is licensing and regulatory affairs. They're the governing agency that handles doctors, bars, nurses. They license everybody. They license everything. Right. So they're licensing marijuana. They're working on the rules right now. Hopefully by the end of summer is what they're looking at. They have the rules written. So I'm hoping by fall we will be able to be rec. Um, and uh, there's a huge call for it. I mean, people are coming in every day thinking we're rec and we have to send them away. And unfortunately right now there's a lot of businesses that I'll say I, I – I think they're illegal. Um, they're great. They have these delivery services where you can buy a T-shirt for $250 and get an ounce of marijuana. That is not what the rec law was intended. You have to gift that product to someone. Um, but when rec comes, it's going to be huge. It's going to be great for it's going to be great for Michigan. You know, it's going to create a lot of jobs and a lot of revenue for this state. Uh, you're the first one in Oakland County. Do you expect to see others? follow you uh, because of the rec uh, licenses, because of the, the availability of, of, you know, recreational marijuana, you're going to get some competition? Oh, for sure. And I welcome competition. You know, competition breeds success. And a lot of cities in Oakland County are already starting to reach out to us at the greenhouse because um, they see us on the news or they see us in the paper and they see our story that we've done it the right way. And we have a beautiful facility and other cities, I can't say where, but they're calling us saying, hey, we, we're thinking about opting in in 12 to 18 months. Can we come see your facility? We'd like to meet you because this is a partnership with whatever city that you go into. And I think Wild Lake is a great partner to work with because they've been forward thinking on this in Oakland County. And when a, a community invites you in as a provisionary center or a grower or whatever, the cities really need to know who they're partnering with. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's some undesirables out there that want in this industry because they look at it as just a cash cow. So you really have to vet out the people that you're going to allow run a business because this isn't the normal business. I'm trying to normalize it now. I just joined the Chamber of Commerce in Wild Lake. It's going to take some more time, of course. And I know that we're under a microscope and the bullseye's on my back, and I want to make sure we do everything the right way at the Greenhouse of Wild Lake because I want to make the city proud and I want to make the citizens of Wild Lake and Oakland County proud that they allowed us to have this first business. So, so when you think of other uh, dispensaries in southeast Michigan, you really think of Detroit. I right. mean, the, most of them, uh, if not all, are, are concentrated in Detroit and usually right on those border streets, you know, right, eight, eight miles. miles so that right. the people from the suburbs uh, can get there, which has created uh, its own backlash, right? right. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of people who live in neighborhoods that are near these places who don't want them there, who feel like they're attracting, uh, you know, a clientele who they don't want near their houses. Do you worry about that? Out in Wald Lake, or is that is there going to be a different dynamic just because it's a different part of Southeast Michigan? You know, I think in Detroit you have some really nice 
provisionary centers or dispensaries, um, some very nice ones. And I think you have some that are very shady. There's some that are illegal. They're not checking cards. And I think the state police will and hopefully will step up and start shutting those places down because it's not safe for anyone, let's be honest, and it's illegal. So do we have those worries? You always have those kind of worries. But if you run a good shop, there's good shops being run in Detroit. Make no mistake. And we run a good shop in Walt Lake. And you'd be really surprised. I invite you out sometimes, Stephen, to come in and, and see our customer base, our patients. It's, you would be really surprised. You know, it's, it runs the gamut from young people to a lot of old people that are sick. I had a mother in the other day from Farmington Hills who had an autistic child, and I have children. And even now, I, it makes me emotional because, you know, she explained to me that her doctor prescribed medical marijuana to her son for his aggression. He's probably 15 years old, big kid, and I felt for that mother because I'm a, I'm, I'm a parent, and you will do anything to help take care of your child. Of course. So, you know, we really uh, take care of all kinds of patients. And, I, you know, I think if you run a good shop, you will have a good clientele. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also wonder what you make of uh, the fits and starts that we've had with medical <laughs> marijuana in the state. I mean, it, it, we passed that ordin- that uh, referendum a long time right, ago. Right, right. We've had uh, various iterations of it. The state has struggled to figure out how the licensing should work at times. You've had pushback from people who didn't want it to be uh, legal, even in a a medical sense. Now we've got legal recreational. Uh, Is that too much too fast, given that we haven't really... We haven't really sorted out how medical marijuana is supposed to work in this state. I mean, there's still a lot of questions about that. Correct. I feel you on that. You know, and... um I recently joined the board of directors of the first and largest cannabis industry association called the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association here in Michigan because we need a voice for the businesses and also the patients and the coming rec consumers. We need a voice. So did it come fast? Yeah, it's coming fast. It's coming real fast. And I learned that when we opened our doors and we were jammed. <laughs> Sat- Friday and Saturday we were jammed. So it's coming fast. Now I'm trying to prepare myself. How do we prepare for rec? And there's going to be hiccups along the way. And, you know, the state and Andrew Bisbo at LARA, those, the, you know, licensing and regulatory affairs, I think they're doing a great job on vetting the right people. If we have the right people in this industry, it will it'll be, it'll be great. Uh, and I think um, they're doing a great job of vetting out the right people. Uh, but it's coming, and we have to be ready for it. What are some of the things you think the state could do that would make this transition smoother than what we had with medical marijuana? I think the state is already trying to make that a smoother transition because the first two years of this law will allow only medical facilities to sell recreation. To sell recreation. Right. right. So you have to have both, right? You'll have to have both, right. So what's good about that is I've already been vetted to know that, you know, hey, I'm a good guy. And uh, uh, that's what most people say anyway. <laughs> um, I've already been vetted. So to make it easier process for them to vet me for rec. And the rules will be almost similar. You know, I mean, the rules can almost run together. So I think it'll be easier for them to write the rules and easier for them to implement them because they'll have a small base. And by then, I, I hope the state police have it together to where they're shutting down these illegal shops, these illegal delivery services. Because it's, you know, number one, it's not safe mm-hmm. having somebody deliver to your house. The illegal shops are not safe. We're losing tax revenue. And you know better than I that you mess with the t- state's tax revenue, they're coming for it. They you. will come after right. you. Right. So I think by the time REC rolls out, we'll see a, a, a nice... I don't want to say completely smooth because it's a brand new industry. They're trying to rein in an industry that's been here for eight to 10 years. Mm. So they're trying to regulate something that's been here so long now, it takes a little time. So we have to cut them some slack. But I think uh, I think the marijuana industry will do Michigan proud. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Jerry Millen. He's the co-owner of the Greenhouse in Walled Lake, the first medical marijuana provisioning center licensed by the state in Oakland County. 
Uh, Oakland County is a place where uh, anti-pot sentiment uh, is pretty strong, especially in the personage of Sheriff Mike Bouchard, who has been really uh, tough on uh, people who uh, buy, use, and sell marijuana. I I wonder if you can talk about some of the other states that have gone through this and whether you looked to what was going on in other states in, in terms of how to set up your business and, and, and pattern things and whether you think there are things that the state here can learn about how other states have dealt with this that'll make things go better. Yeah, you know, for the past eight years since I've done this as my full-time, part-time job, um, I, I've traveled Colorado several, several times. California went into many dispensaries to see how they're set up. I was in L.A. last week, and I went into a dispensary that was shady but I needed to see that. I'm like, wow, this is really shady. <laughs> then I went into one that was run professionally. It was I call it corporate weed because it was a big corporate store, which I don't obviously like to see right now because I think marijuana is still a uh, culture, and I think you have to understand that culture somewhat uh, to open one of these stores. Um, but corporate so, weed is coming. Yeah, I was going to say, but but the the money here is going to attract. Uh, corporate corporate operators, yes. do you feel like that's a threat to, to, to businesses like yours? It's always a threat, but we have to be better than them. I think I know Michigan better than somebody coming from California or Colorado trying to open a dispensary. And um, I think Michigan business owners know Michigan better. It's going to be a, a long, long battle, but that's why we have the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association to look out for the business owners. Um, but corporate weed is coming, and I would hope that the consumer would – give a nod to a Michigan business before they went to a corporate spot. Uh, Jerry Millen, co-owner of The Greenhouse in Wild Lake. Congrats Thank on you. Uh, opening. And Hope to see you. Come on out. I'll yeah, show you the place. Come check it out. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having us. Up next, as Michigan and other states open up marijuana laws, there are efforts afoot to further restrict access to another smokable substance, tobacco. Can prohibition work with one substance and not another? Stay with us on Detroit Today.